beloved. Welcome to My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi, and this is episode 37, Don't Give Up. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Very excited to have you here. And before we get started with all of the juicy things we're going to talk about today, I wanted you to just take a moment to just ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? What are you feeling in this moment? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling hopeful? Are you feeling angry? A lot of the things that I try to practice with myself is being mindful of where I am. I don't know if I've shared this before, but I'm a person who suffers from chronic migraines. And in addition to the other things that I do to try to manage those migraines that I have, one of the things that I've learned is I might have tension in my head that I don't even realize is there because I haven't checked in with myself. I might be frustrated and angry and I suddenly have this headache and it doesn't dawn on me that the reason why I physically don't feel good is because emotionally I'm not doing well. So just ask yourself, how am I doing? What are the expectations that you have to listen to this podcast? Are you feeling low and in need of encouragement? Are you feeling tired and looking for something to lift you up? Are you just in a good mood and trying to listen to something to continue that vibe? Are you in a mood where you're feeling curious and you just want to learn something new? Just pause for a second. You can even pause this podcast episode and just ask yourself, how am I doing? And moving forward with the podcast itself, lots of new things going on with the podcast. I know I say that all the time, but I hope you can hear the excitement that I have because this podcast is growing in so many ways. And I'm thankful for you for tuning in as we go along and grow this podcast. Uh, The first thing is make sure you check out the previous episode, episode 36. It was the podcast first interview. If you haven't listened, go ahead and check that out. Definitely excited to continue to do more interviews. I already have two more lined up, um, including one of them being my boyfriend. So (laughs) look out for that episode. It's going to be very interesting. The second thing is that there is a new series for this podcast called Hello Beloved, and it's a short check-in episode, a mix between church announcements and your big sis checking in on you. I just put one up. It's Hello Beloved Volume 1, and it's going to be different than the podcast. It's going to be 15 to 20 minutes, not as scripted, more so just an opportunity for me to share the things that are going on in my heart. I've shared before that I'm doing a lot of Bible study. I'm doing a lot of learning, a lot of Uh, Right now, my spirit is hungering for God, and I'm trying to get closer and closer to him. And so every day I'm doing Bible study and I'm learning something new, and I wanted something that I could put out that is just a quick recording of me talking to you guys one-on-one in a more intimate space than these more formal episodes. So it's only going to be available on iTunes. Sorry for the SoundCloud listeners, Um, but if you're going to tune in on iTunes, please make sure to rate and comment and let me know if you're enjoying that short, the shorter episodes of Hello Beloved. Next, next outment, announcement, excuse me. The next announcement for you guys is that my ebook is out. Head over to www.mystrengthandmyshield.com. It's a short ebook that I designed myself just to be a resource for you guys to help you on your path to emotional wellness and getting closer to God. I wanted to create a resource for you to use from time to time where if you're feeling low and you need something that's targeted towards your emotions, that you could flip to a page if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling judged, you flip to that page and on that page you'll see words of encouragement from me, a prayer, some Bible verses, and also some practical, tangible 
self-care tips that I think you'll enjoy. So head over to www.mystrengthandmyshield.com, get the ebook. I've already had a few people buy, which is super exciting to get that notification in my email that you guys have gone and purchased the book. So I'm so excited for that. And last but not least in my church announcements section, <laughs> um, I've had people continue to rate and comment on iTunes. I have a goal of hitting 100 comments and ratings, and you guys have been so supportive in helping me towards that goal. We currently are at 79 ratings, which is amazing because just in January we were at 50. Um, and I don't want you to think that I just want these comments and ratings because it goes to my head. It genuinely helps me to figure out which episodes you guys like, what is the content that you like, but it also helps to keep me encouraged because as you know, this is a passion project of mine. I don't get paid to do this, um, but seeing how you guys enjoy it just fills me up and it also helps on those days when I'm feeling low and maybe I don't have the energy and I see the energy that you're giving to me and I just want to give it back to you. So just a shout out to two more people who've left a comment, Jerry the show and then Alicia VM 07. You guys have left a comment between now and the last episode and I'm so excited to read these comments. Thank you so much for your support. If you haven't already done so, go ahead, leave a rating, leave a comment. It is free. Think about all the times when you have a friend that's hitting you up, trying to get you to buy into their new business, whether they're selling flat tummy tea or bundles or you know whatever side project that they have. You know I'm not knocking anyone's hustle, but a lot of times friends are asking you to dig deep into your pockets. I'm asking you to do something that's free. <laughs> so if you're here and you're new to the podcast, I'd encourage you to rate um, and let me know what you think of the podcast. And if you've been listening for a long time and you still haven't rated, come on. What, what are you waiting for? Just go ahead, rate, leave five stars, leave a comment. It definitely helps the podcast grow. So as you can see from the title of this episode, the title is Don't Give Up. And I really want to get into this topic and share with you some words of advice that I've been using to help keep me encouraged that I hope can be a blessing to you as well. So before we get started, just allow yourself to close your eyes and move forward with me in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to check in with ourselves. One of the most beautiful things about a podcast is that it allows us for an intimate space when we can either just put our headphones in and listen or even just play it for ourselves while we're cleaning or cooking or all of the things that we're trying to do. Having a podcast that gives us the opportunity to get closer to you is a blessing. And I pray that whoever's tuned into this podcast gets exactly what they're looking for because we're all looking for something. We're all looking for our passion, our drive, the things that keep us going. And I pray that this podcast episode can help us on that journey to figuring out what are we doing here and what do you want us to do? What are we called to do? And in those times where we might know what we're supposed to do and we still feel discouraged, I pray that this podcast episode is something that people can tune into to help them feel encouraged because we've come so far and you've blessed us with so much. And even though we might have those moments where we feel low, we know how important it is to not give up. And I pray that you keep us encouraged, that you meet us where we are. Whether we know what we're doing in life or whether we're trying to figure it out, I pray that you meet every heart who's tuning into this episode exactly where they are. Help them to listen to this podcast episode and to leave differently than where they came. I pray that you never let us forget that we are loved and that we're covered by you. So even when we're feeling alone and lost, help us to remember that we're never too far from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
let's get started with the spiritual care section of the podcast. If you're new here, the podcast is split up into three different parts. The first is the spiritual care section. The next part is the self-care section. And then in the last part of the podcast, I answer some questions for people who have sent them in to me either through my email or through my Tumblr blog. So as always, I always have a worksheet with these kinds of episodes that can be found at www.mystrengthandmyshield.com. And there you'll be able to find a PDF that has the Bible verses we'll be talking about today, as well as the self-care tips that I talk about later on in the episode. And the reason why I do that is really intentional. I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're trying to get something, whether it's entertainment or information or just a spiritual break you're looking for something. And having these worksheets is great because it means that every time you tune into the podcast, you walk away with something that you can use later on. So you can download all of the PDFs. You know, at this point, we have 37 episodes, so there's 30 or so worksheets that you can just save and look at later on if you need some encouragement or you're trying to remember. I remember that one episode where Nisi was talking about da-da-da-da-da and you can't quite remember and you don't want to go listen through all the episodes all over again, although you can totally do that if you want to. But, you know, if you're looking for the quick and dirty of what we talk about in each episode, you can head over to www.mystrengthandmyshield.com for the worksheets. So as I stated at the top of the show, I'm in a season of learning and growing. And right now I'm not making big decisions. I'm just listening to God and letting him use me. The reason why this season is different is that for the first time in my life, I don't have every little thing planned out. I am a type A person, I'm a planner, I'm a thinker, I'm a doer. You know, I'm the kind of person where don't come to me with your problem if you're not trying to sit down and have a conversation about the solution. Like, I can do warm and cuddly, like I can be there to listen and talk to you, but I also is like, you're not gonna walk away from a conversation where I'm not gonna tell you, okay, come on, let's figure it out together. What are the next steps? So having that as a personality for me, it's been a shift to kind of take my hands off and just let myself see where God is taking me. So that's where I am right now. I'm trying to listen to God and let him guide me. I'm deep in prayer, deep in Bible study, and I've been feeling very close to God, um, very sensitive to the things that he's trying to show me and tell me. And obviously, you know, there's still... I could always be closer to God, and I'm still working on building that relationship, getting comfortable, trusting him, even when things are not clear in front of me. And that's what faith is, right? Like when we step out on faith, it's moving forward when we don't know what tomorrow holds for us. That's faith. It's trusting that if we make a, you know, take a step forward, that God won't let us fall, that he'll always catch us. So that's the season that I'm in right now. I'm trusting God. I'm not making big decisions. I'm kind of just hands off to everything and just let God show me what he wants me to do. And what that means is that when I'm not in control, there are things that I want that I don't get, and then I get frustrated. And that also means there are times when I'm doing the quote-unquote right thing, and I still don't get what I want, and I get frustrated. You know, I'm a human being. You know, there's a person behind this microphone. I'm a person that has a fire to get to know God, but I still have my frustrations. I still have my times where I'm like, yo, I'm doing everything you told me to do. Why is it not working out? And those are the times where I get frustrated and I feel like I just want to give up. And this podcast episode is a reminder to you and to me not to give up. 
I hope that this is the kind of episode where, you know, download it, bookmark it, star it, that anytime you feel like giving up, you can just tune into this episode and get that encouragement that you need. So I did split it up into three different ways that I want you to remember um, when you're trying to figure out how to make sure that you don't give up. And if you have a pen and paper, this is the time to <laughs> write it down. It's three different sections. First, pray for strength and guidance. Second, remain committed to strengthening your relationship with God. And three, remember the ways that God has kept you in the past. So let me repeat that again. One, pray for strength and guidance. Two, remain committed to strengthening your relationship with God. And number three, remember the ways that God has kept you in the past. So let's start at the top. Pray for strength and guidance. Now, there's no one specific way to pray. Prayer is just having an open and honest conversation with God. We pray to get closer to God. And it's in the stillness and quiet time that we spend with God that we can hear what God wants us to do. One of the things that I heard a long time ago in my walk that sticks with me today is that God often speaks to us in still whispers. And it's hard to hear someone, you know, if someone's whispering to you, it's hard to hear them if you're not close to them, right? So if God is whispering and speaking to you, you have to be close to him to hear it. And prayer helps us do that. What I want to encourage you to do is to pray when you're feeling weak. Pray for strength and pray for guidance. It's okay to acknowledge where your faith is wavering. In being honest with God, you can admit that you're struggling with your belief, and it's okay to admit that. It's okay to admit that you might know how to recite the Bible verses that, yes, I know that God is working all things for, together for my favor. Yes, I know that God is going to do exceedingly and abundantly. Yes, I know that God is there. And there are so many ways that as Christians we can just recite the, the word of God. And it's good to have these things memorized, but it also can sometimes mean that we get into the habit of reciting things without actually believing it. So you could find yourself like knowing what you're supposed to say, and that doesn't strengthen your relationship with God. You have to be honest with God and develop this relationship where you are sharing what's on your heart, heart the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, when I read the Bible, what stands out to me is how much of the Bible is people talking to God about how frustrated they are with life. Like, we don't have a, the kind of religion where you open the book and it's just stories upon stories of the prosperity gospel and how if you just believe, God will give you, you know, 100 camels and 57 mules and God is just going to bless you. Like, we don't have chapter and chapter and chapter of that. You have people who struggle, and there are times where people are saying, God, what is going on? So I encourage you not to be someone who just prays for the sake of praying. If you're someone that prays, you know, you might have been taught, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And that's good for children to get them into the habit of speaking to God. But when you're someone who is speaking a more mature relationship, sorry, seeking a more mature relationship with God, you have to be a little bit more honest than that. Like, don't just say, you know, recite the little poem and then list all the things that you're thankful for. Sometimes you just have to be, you know, get down and dirty and be honest with God. In Mark 9, verse 23, and it's this, in this portion of Mark, just to give you some context, it's an individual, a father, who has a son who is ill. And he's going to Jesus for healing, right? So in Mark 29, verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, 
Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Again, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. The reason why this Bible verse is so powerful is you can imagine just how lost the father of an ailing child must feel. And they're turning to somebody, turning to Jesus for guidance, for healing. And you do believe, right? Like you're not going to come to God if you don't believe. The fact that you're praying shows a certain belief in God. But what I believe happens is help my un- when he says help my unbelief, he's saying help me in the ways where I don't necessarily trust. Believing in God and trusting in God are two separate things. You can acknowledge that there is something going on in the world. There is the big bang and the reason why we're all here. And you can acknowledge that God had a part in that. God is the creator of life. And still not trust that God is working in your life. There's so many Christians that have that feeling. You know God is real. You do what you're supposed to do. You almost have a fear of God. You do what you're supposed to do because you're afraid. But you're not working towards that developing of a relationship with God. I want you to pray to God with a fire and an honesty. God is not going to get angry at you because you're angry with him. God is always going to welcome you with open arms because you're being honest. When you feel like giving up, pray to God about how you feel. Don't just ask for what you want. Express to God the emotions that you're dealing with, even when they're difficult. Get into the habit of praying when you wake up and praying when you go to bed, but also pray throughout the day. Pray when things are chaotic. But also set aside quiet time with God, quiet time to listen to God and and to allow him to comfort you. One of the things that I used to do is, you know, I would say a quick prayer in the morning, a quick prayer at night. And then sometimes when I'm on the train, I would do some kind of Bible study. And, you know, throughout the day, I might pray to God like, dear Lord, help me to have strength because this client is annoying me. Help me to still be polite and courteous. You know, you might say those kinds of things throughout the day. But it's hard to really hear God when you're not being still. That's why experiencing things like meditation and mindfulness in addition to your prayer can be very powerful because it gives you that stillness to hear what God is doing in your life. Now, it's one thing to believe in God and it's one thing to trust in God, but it's also another thing entirely to wait and listen for that confirmation. That's a whole different level of trust. Like, you might pray and and think that God is just going to take care of it, and that's one way to trust. But another way is when you're praying for discernment and guidance, actually waiting for God's answer, for God's confirmation. That's a whole different level of trust because you're actually waiting for God to speak to you. And that can be terrifying for people who have never experienced what it's like for God to speak to your spirit. There's times when God has spoken to your spirit and you may not have identified it, but when you're spiritually sensitive, you know the difference between when you're saying something and when God is saying something. The deeper you get with God, the closer you get to him, you can feel. There are times where I get chills because I know that God is telling me, speaking directly to my spirit, telling me things that I would have never told myself, something completely out of my character, and I know that God is speaking to me. And so you have to trust in God. You have to pray. You have to be devoted to prayer. And when you're feeling weak, when you're feeling like you want to give up, pray for strength. Tell God, I feel like giving up right now. What should I do? The second thing, so the first thing is pray for strength and guidance. And the second thing is remain committed to strengthening your relationship with God. Now, one of the hardest things to do is to keep going with things like Bible study, going to church, and praying when you're not getting what you're praying to God for. I've had experiences where I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do, and I'm still not getting what I want. 
You know, like the frustration of studying your best for an exam and still not doing well is kind of sometimes how I've felt in the past and even maybe today where I'm praying to God and I'm trying to do things and I'm trying to obey the, you know, the word of God and I'm deep in Bible study and I'm still not getting what I want. You know, and I remember, for example, when I first started dating, um, not my current boyfriend, but when I f started dating and celibacy was important to me, I remember my frustration because a part of me, like a little voice in my head was like, you know, if I do things the right way, I'm going to get the right kind of guy. So when you have the mindset of, okay, I'm going to be celibate and I'm not going to, you know, have sex, that means I'm going to meet the guy that respects me and he's just going to respect me because I'm not having sex with him. And what I found was I would be maintaining celibacy and I would meet the worst of the worst kind of men, like the kind of men that saw it as a challenge or the kind of men that didn't take me seriously and would be like, oh, you, you know, I've had girls who said that before and they break down eventually. I just remember encountering some of the worst men when I first decided that I was not having sex. And it's that feeling of being like, well, there's no benefit to doing what I'm supposed to do. Like, have you, you must have these moments. You've had these moments before, you know, but you're trying to follow your walk and you're trying to do what you're supposed to do. You're trying to keep your head down and go to work and go to school. And then you look up on Instagram and you see, you know, people who are stripping out here living their best life, you know, or, you know, you're just trying to do what you're supposed to do. And you look around and you see others doing, you know, not doing what they're supposed to do and they're getting what they want. And so you're stuck feeling empty, feeling foolish. Like, what is all of this for if I don't get what I want. Let's break it down because that's a very real feeling and this conversation needs to, needs to happen. This is why we have this podcast is so that we can be honest with ourselves. That there are times when you're trying to do the right thing and you look around and you see everyone else getting it and you don't understand and you can be frustrated and angry with God. It's like, why would you ask me to do all this stuff and then still not give me? I'm out here not living my best life, trying to do what I think is the right thing and people out here gallivanting, living life, you know, with celebrity culture, inundating us with this idea that there's get rich quick and you know I'm trying to work hard and some people are getting what I want that's taken me years to get and they're getting it overnight what's up with that so let's talk about it first you have to remember that you have no idea what God is doing in somebody else's life you have no idea what God is doing in somebody else's life you might be thinking to yourself that you're doing everything right and the other person isn't and it's not fair that's not a fair thing to say. And you might not recognize it, but you're being extremely judgmental. Because first of all, you're never doing everything right. You know what I'm saying? And that's the second part. You're never always doing everything right. So this dichotomy of you're doing the right thing and other people are not is already a skewed perspective because you're never going to be doing everything that you're supposed to do. You might be keeping your head down and going to work, but you still need to work on your attitude. You still need to work on your laziness. You still need to work on your lying. So this idea that you're doing the right thing and everyone else isn't is a false dichotomy, a false comparison. Okay, because we're all sinners. There's always going to be something that you have to work on. So you might pray and go to church and you're still a mess. There still might be mess that you haven't dealt with inside. And so while you're looking at other people and saying that, oh, my goodness, how come, you know, they're out there doing this, that and the other and they're getting what I deserve. That's a sense of entitlement. You know, you have to remember that you don't know what God is doing in somebody else's life. And just like God is working on you. He might be working on other people in their own walk. So you have no idea where God is meeting certain people. 
You know, one of the, um, the things that I, I learned, my aunt is a corrections officer, and she told me that some of the most faithful Christians she's ever met are people that are in jail, people who have done terrible things, and then they come to meet God. And you might think, I'm doing the right thing, and I'm getting close to God. How come I don't get what I want? There are some people who have lived some messed up lives that are closer to God than you'll ever be. Now, the third thing, to re- you have to remember why you obey God. You know, you obey God not to be, you should not be to be manipulative. There should not be a God, if I do X, Y, and Z, then you do X, Y, and Z. There's no bargaining with God. You know what you're supposed to do and not do. And you do so not because you're trying to barter for your blessings. You do what you're called to do because it is wonderful to step into your purpose. And it's amazing to be in alignment with God. A a chaotic life just means that you're not walking with God. There is a bliss of just knowing that God is pleased with what you're doing and a peace that comes with obedience. You know, I I do talk about the celibacy thing often because that's one of the most tangible things that, you know, I share in my walk. And that's not to say that it's not difficult and that there's times where I've said to myself, X, Y, Z person is, is, you know, they're not celibate and, and they're married with kids or they're married and look at all these other relationships that are great and they didn't have to wait like I'm waiting. But you have to remember, you do what you're supposed to do, not because it's a competition. You do what you're supposed to do because that's what you're supposed to do. It might sound simple and you know, it might not be as satisfying. I'm not going to sit here and say, do everything you're supposed to do and you're going to get everything you want in life. That's not how it works, sweetheart. It just isn't. You do what you're supposed to do because greater than those material things that you can put up on Instagram is that sense of calm and peace when you can go to bed and know that God is pleased with what you're doing. That is something that you can't quantify. That is something that I chase that feeling. It's a high for me. It is a high for me. When I have that feeling at the end of the day, when I know that God is pleased with me, I want to get up the next day and do it as well. Now, does that mean I'm some kind of religious freak (laughs) that doesn't have any stumbles? No, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that I know what it's like to live a life without God, and I know a life with him, and I choose him every single time. And that has to be more satisfying to you than comparing yourself to other people. And the last thing I'll say about that is, you know, focus on your own spirituality, not material things. When it comes to looking at other people's lives, you only know a snapshot. You don't know if that person you see smiling cries themselves to sleep at night. And you have no idea what somebody's personal relationship with God is like. You need to focus on yourself. You are missing out on the opportunity to get closer to God and to figure out your own life, worrying about what everyone else has. Stay committed to building your relationship with God because life without God is empty. You feel empty because you're chasing somebody else's life, a life that's not meant for you. So even though you're not getting, it's, it's not something like a vending machine where you put a dollar in and you get a Snickers bar out immediately. No, there is no exchange of goods. There's no bartering with God for your blessings. But I encourage you to stay committed to your Bible study. In Psalms 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God, you know, doing your Bible study helps to light the path for you. If you're not sure what's going on in your life and you're feeling frustrated and you can't hear God, you need to read the word. 
because it gives you a way to orient your life towards seeking God. And there are so many times where I haven't known what I'm supposed to do, and I see someone else in the Bible who's struggling with what I've gone through, and I see how they've sought God, and I emulate that and do the same thing. Stay committed to Bible study. Continue going to church for encouragement and for other people's testimony. Sometimes we feel like giving up because we're too inwardly focused, and being around others helps to put, us, put it all into perspective. In Hebrews 10, verse 24, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Go to church. Fellowship with others. When you feel like giving up, sometimes it's because you've isolated yourself. Continue to go to church. Because you might see, I've gone to church, like today in church, they were talking about a, a young woman who for three years couldn't find a job, and she was volunteering, and she'd gone on interviews and didn't get the job, and she shared her testimony of, you know, one day the Spirit of God told her to write down the job description, not to look at other job descriptions, but to write down the job that she's looking for. And after a few months, she received a phone call from someone looking out for her that there was a new position that opened up and they, they, because of the work she was doing as a volunteer, they imagined her in this position. And when they listed out to her what the job description was, it was everything that she wrote down on that list. When you hear somebody else's testimony, it uplifts you. That's why you go to church. And then continue praying to God. Matthew 6, 6 says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And the reward is not just a new job or car or boo. The reward is getting closer to God. The Bible tells us that when we pray, we get what we want. But be careful. We get what we want when what we want is what God wants for us. That's why you need to get yourself in alignment with God. Your prayers are answered when you're praying for what God wants for you. God is not going to just give you what you want and bend his will just because you ask for it. If you're praying, like, for example, if you're praying about a bad relationship that just needs to end, when it eventually ends, that doesn't mean that God was ignoring your prayers. The issue is you wasn't praying for something that was in alignment with God's will. You were praying for what you wanted, and now you feel like giving up. But you can't just give up because you didn't get what you prayed for. You have to get into the habit that knowing if you pray for something and you do not get it, it does not mean that God ignored you. It means God heard you, but you were asking for something that was not for you. If you pray for something and you do not get it, it does not mean that God ignored you. It means that God heard you, but you were asking for something that was not for you. God is always on time and always gives you what you need. Just because you don't get what you want doesn't mean you have to give up. More than anything, when you don't get what you want, that is the time when you need to be seeking God even harder because that's how the devil sneaks in. When you're weak and you feel like giving up, that's when temptation comes along and has you feeling like you don't need to listen to God, you can do whatever you want. I'm telling you that your weakest moments, is that those are the times when you need to seek God the most. So the first thing... <laughs> You know, just for the, the, if those of you who are taking notes, the first thing is pray for strength and guidance. The second is remain committed to strengthening your relationship with God. And the last thing is remember the ways that God has kept you in the past. Sometimes it's hard when you can't see the future, but what you can do is look in the past. There have been times in the past where you felt like you wanted to give up. 
And there were times when you doubted God, and there were times when you doubted yourself, and God still kept you. I remember when I was struggling in law school and I felt like I needed to give up. I had panic attacks. I was stressed. I was in D.C. by myself, missing my mom, missing my boyfriend, feeling like I didn't know what I was doing. I was so concerned with making sure that I had a job after law school, and I was just stressed. And what helped me to get through that is I remembered when I felt stressed in undergrad, and I was in Chicago, and I felt alone, and I felt lost, and I didn't know if I'd have a job after graduation. And it kept me in law school remembering what God did for me in undergrad. And then when it was time for me to study for the bar and I felt lost and I felt like I was going to lose my job if I didn't pass the bar, what kept me is remembering how God kept me in law school and how God kept me in undergrad. What I'm trying to say is that God is consistent. The God that kept you yesterday is going to keep you today. In Hebrews 13 verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God will not give you a dream or a goal and not give you the tools to achieve those goals. The issue is whether the goal you want is what God wants for you. If God put it in your heart, he will provide the means to do it. If God wills that you should be in a relationship, you will get it. When the timing is right, when you're ready, when it looks like, um, when it looks like what God wants and not just what you're willing to settle for because you're tired of waiting. If God wants you in this job or that school, he will make a way. If God wants you to travel and, and wants to give you the means to do traveling that you've never done before, there will be a way. If God wants you to do something, he will give you the tools to do so. God has given you more than what you've asked for before. You didn't ask to wake up in the morning, and yet you did. You didn't ask for specific opportunities, but he opened doors for you that you didn't even know was possible. You didn't ask him to get home safe, and yet you found yourself in bed. You didn't ask him to forgive you, and still he did. You didn't ask him to love you, and still he does. When you start to be anxious about the future, look in your past. And that might be hard. You might have a hard life. And so to hear someone tell you, just look how God covered you in the past, you might be thinking, um, you don't know my life. You don't know what God has put me through in the past. What I'm trying to tell you is that the things that you've gone through in your life, you can dig deep and you know there are times when God, you could have lost yourself and God made sure. There were things that you got through, that you went through, that people would lose their minds over and you got through it. There's different stress, different feelings, different emotions, different circumstances that you got through, but for God. So anytime you start to doubt God and what he can do in your future, remind yourself of what he did for you in the past. Don't get so arrogant that you're going to tell God that it's not going to work out in the future. Think of how bold it is that God kept you in the past and you're going to look at him and be like, nah, this time I don't think you got it. I have those moments where I have to literally tell myself, Nisi, look at what's in front of you and remember what was behind you. God kept you in the past and he's going to do it again. We limit God when we say things can't happen. We limit God when we allow our faith to waver, when we ignore the fact that God has blessed us in the past. You might be out here stressed about school and you forgot the fact that God is the reason why you're in that school. You might be out here stressed about your job and you forget that God's the reason why you have that job. You might be out here stressed because you're unemployed and you forget the ways that God gave you opportunities in the past. Don't limit God. Don't tell God that he doesn't know what he's doing. Trust him. Pray. Keep faithful. 
Remember the things that you need to do. Don't just be like, I need to do what I'm supposed to do, and then if I don't get it, I'm going to stop praying to God. Pray without ceasing. Understand that God is always listening. And there's a peace and calm that comes with you making the intentional effort to be mindful and to be in the presence of God. When you are feeling the weakest, that is the time when you need to seek God the most. God moves in seasons. There's reasons why we have seasons of peace and seasons of chaos. Seasons of peace prepare us for seasons of chaos. And seasons of chaos cause us to seek that peace again. That's how it works. There's peace and there's chaos. There's peace, there's chaos. And in peace, you need to be doing work, keeping your head down, doing your Bible study and your prayer because something always comes up. And then in the chaos, those moments where it feels like it rains, it pours, God reminds you of what that peace felt like in the past and gives you the energy and tools to get back your sense of peace. That's the ebb and flow, chaos and peace. Seek God to, to help you get from that chaotic place to that peaceful place. Don't give up. You've, you've been too, through too much to give up now. Remember the ways that God kept you in the past. This is not the time. This is not the time. This is not the time to give up. God has a lesson for you. He is waiting for you to do something. The thing that you're praying for that you're not getting, it might be because there's one more piece of the puzzle that's missing. One more thing. That, that relationship that you're waiting to, to turn from a relationship to an engagement or an engagement to marriage, there's a step that you're missing. There's a chapter. God doesn't just flip through the pages. You have to close one book and open the next one. So there's something that you have to do, and you should be seeking. You should be praying. What, it's not, God, why haven't you given me what I've wanted? It's, what am I not doing to prepare me for what God has for me? That's the mindset that you have. In this season where you're not getting what you want, see it like a problem solver. See it like a diagnosis. What am I missing here? What is the lesson that God has for me that I'm not learning? Seek that peace. Seek God. And allow him to untangle the chaos that you're feeling, to give you that sense of peace that you're looking for. Don't give up. Stay encouraged. Seek God. For the self-care portion of the podcast, I wanted to talk about something that I get a lot of questions about, and I think that it's going to be helpful for you. How to ask for help. What is often the difference between people who are able to achieve their goals and those who are not able to achieve their goals is not just natural ability, but their ability to put themselves into positions of success. It's the people who ask the right questions, make the best use of their resources, and who use what's at their disposal. Those are the people that end up being successful. And asking for help is a big part of that. The idea that doing it on your own means that you're strong and asking for help means that you're weak is not only incorrect, it's simply setting yourself up for failure. Think of it this way. Now imagine you aren't feeling well. You go to the doctor, they run tests, and they find out that your gallbladder needs to be removed. Now those of you who've listened for a while know that this is a little bit <laughs> close to home because last November I had my gallbladder removed. Now imagine you get this news from the doctor. Instead of letting the surgeons do their work, you leave and try to remove it on your own with a pair of scissors. Does that make sense? 
everyone has their own specialty. And you have to be comfortable being a person who is always learning. You not knowing something doesn't mean that you're stupid or unqualified. Change your perspective. Change the way that you talk to yourself and talk about yourself. Recognize that an area where you're not proficient in something is an opportunity for you to learn something new. Get comfortable being a student even when you're not in the classroom. Do not expect that you need to know everything. And in fact, some of the most annoying people in the world are those who think that they know everything. It's okay to know that you need some help and some support, whether it's that you need a question answered or you need some help getting from point A to point B. Get comfortable knowing that at some point in your life you're going to have to ask for help. And it's not a judgment of character and it's a not a judgment of what you are and are not able to do. It's just a part of life. Accept it. So let's break it down in steps. How do you ask for help? Number one, stop judging yourself for not knowing how to do something. Stop judging yourself for not knowing how to do something. Every person has a starting point. If you start a new job, they often hire you not just because of what you know, but because they believe that you have the capacity to learn what you don't know. They expect you to have questions. If you don't have questions, often people will think that you're not a go-getter or that you're not paying attention. If you're taking a class, of course you don't know things. If you knew it all, then you'd be teaching the class. Let go of the idea that the teacher will think you're stupid because you're asking a question. The only thing that a person, a professor, a teacher might think you are when you ask a question is a person that needs an answer. That's it. No one is judging you. Like a lot of the times the conversations we have in our head where we think that people are judging us, that's just not what they're thinking about. So the first thing is stop judging yourself for not knowing how to do something. And the second thing is know what you want to ask. Know what you want to ask. Be self-aware and take a moment to figure out exactly what you need help with. Going to a boss or teacher and just saying, I need help in a vague way will get you nowhere. Write down what you need help with. Create some topics. Like let's say you have a big thing that you need help with. Break it down into topics and then break it down into even more specific questions. Now, you may or may not have heard of the acronym SMART, S-M-A-R-T, where the S, the M, the A, the R, the T all stands for something. And that, you know, people talk about SMART when it's time for setting goals. And you can do the same thing when it comes to asking for help. When you're asking for help, make sure your questions are S, specific, M, meaningful, as in knowing why you need this information, knowing how getting this information will help you move forward. A, action-oriented, something that this person can actually help you with. Know their background and know how they can help you. R, real, don't just go to office hours to your professor to ask vague questions or questions you already know the answer to just to get FaceTime with the professor. Not being genuine is really easy to spot. And T, time-focused, as in recognize that there are some things that take time for you to learn. Invest that time into building your expertise. You, if you need help with something, don't be afraid to ask follow-up questions. You might go into your boss, boss's office or to your professor with one question, and you don't get it the first time, so you need a follow-up question. Invest in that time. The third thing is create a standard where asking for help isn't a big deal. 
When you let other people know that you can help them if they need it, it creates a standard and environment where asking for help is encouraged, especially in workplaces. When you're in a career, you'll see that over time, you'll develop a niche or a specialty. You know, I'm an attorney, right? So there are certain people who they're really good at handling domestic violence cases, or they're really good at handling DWI cases. Eventually, you'll start to get a niche. I remember when I first started out as an attorney, after my first year, the new attorneys came in, and some of them would come into my office and ask for advice about being organized. They heard that I color-coded my files, and they, they came into my office looking for the different ways that I organized things. And what this means is not only did they ask for help, but it creates an opportunity where if I need to ask them for help, I can do that as well. It rips off the Band-Aid and gets rid of the idea that everyone knows everything, and I'm the only one that doesn't know anything. These kind of false narratives that we tell ourselves that everyone else has it figured out and I don't is just your negative self-esteem preventing you from being successful. It's just not reality. Everyone needs help. And being exposed to an environment where everyone is learning from everyone else is powerful. Now, the fourth thing you can do is recognize that there are people in positions of authority whose job it is to help you. Therapists, doctors, directors, teachers, professors, lawyers, all of these people get paid to help you. You are not burdening them by letting them do their job, ask for help. And this is specific for you know, college kids or people who are in a university setting where they find themselves at the end of the semester not knowing what's going on and they think about all those times where they should have raised their hands or they should have gone to office hours. These people are being paid. They're not just being paid to talk at you at the front of a classroom. They are being paid to help you get your degree. So what are you doing going to class and walking away still not knowing what you were just listening to? What are you doing? The professors are literally there to help you get your degree. And when you don't make the most of these resources, you are setting yourself up for failure. Therapists, doctors, teachers, professors, lawyers, these are all people that get paid to help you. Allow them to help you. See these people as tools and not just meaning like you're going to use them. It's not even using them because they're getting paid, you know? But see them as tools. See them as people who help you get from point A to B. I'm here as a podcaster, and I've also talked about being an attorney. And I work as a criminal defense attorney, and I also have gone to therapy while being a criminal defense attorney. And I also seek my pastor for counsel. And I also go to my boss for advice. And I also go to my mentor for advice. You might hear me feeling, sounding like I'm confident, and that doesn't just mean I was born that way. What I was raised to do is to put myself into a position for success. And that requires me to ask for help. Not asking for help is self-sabotage. And the last part I wanted to talk to you about asking for help is asking for help from family and friends. Now, I've been talking about things like work and school, but some of the scariest times for ask, to ask for help is when you need help from someone you know, someone that you love. And it can be daunting because you, have, you maybe have this veil over you that you, you've been trying to, to do it all on your own or trying to pretend that you're strong. And ripping off that veil, it feels overwhelming that you have this image of yourself that you want others to believe. You want them to believe that you're okay. You want them to believe that you've got it. And so when you ask for help, you feel like it's, it's showing people that you're weak. Shake off the expectation that you have to be perfect. 
The people who love you want you to be healthy and happy. And you have to lean on people. You have to allow people to love and support you. You don't have to do this on your own. And you'll be surprised how when you open up to people that you, and tell them that you need help, you'll be surprised how they step up. Because people cannot read your mind. They don't always know what you're going through. And you can apply some of those tips that I mentioned before about you know, asking your, your boss or your professor for help to how you ask, you know, you make these interpersonal requests for help as well. It helps to not judge yourself for needing help. Get rid of that pride that makes you feel like it's hard to ask for help. Then know what you need help with. Going to a friend and just saying you need help is not as powerful as letting them know exactly what you need. You can ask them to check in on you once a month. You can ask them to just grab some coffee to get a break. Ask for what you need. And finally, create a standard where they can ask you for help. People are more willing to invest in helping you if you've shown yourself to be helpful to them as well. A lot of what we're talking about here is getting comfortable navigating life and being proactive. One of the worst things you can do is just to expect that life will work itself out. When God has given you common sense, when you've been given resources and tools and you don't use it, you set yourself up for failure. And to sit down and be like, well, nobody's helping me and I can't do it on my own. And that self-loathing, that pity party that you throw yourself, it is helping nobody. And it's just adding the undue negative burden of making it even harder to get from point A to point B and to get through the day. Stop judging yourself for not knowing how to do something. Know what you want to ask help for. Create a standard where asking for help is not a big deal. And recognize that there are people in positions of authority whose job it is to help you. And asking for help from family and friends can be difficult, but you have to allow people to love you and support you. Allow them to have the space to help you in the ways that you need. portion of the podcast, I wanted to answer a question that was sent into me through my Tumblr. If you're listening to this podcast because you found me through Tumblr, go ahead and leave a comment on iTunes. I love finding out how you found this podcast, whether it's through the blog, whether it's through mention from other podcasts or through Instagram or Twitter. Just let me know how you found this podcast. I'm always interested in finding that information out. So I get this question often, and it's because I made a post on Tumblr about how I don't believe in unconditional love. And so this question is very simple, but it definitely is something that will let you know a little bit more about who I am, right? It's important to know who you're listening to. So here's the question that I got through my Tumblr. If you don't follow my Tumblr, it's your big sis Nisi, Y-O-U-R-B-I-G-S-I-N-I-S-S-I. Shoot, I can't spell. <laughs> Y-O-U-R-B-I-G-S-I-S-N-I-S-S-I.tumblr.com. Or you can send me a message either through my Tumblr or through my email, which is strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. So this is the question that I received. The question is, why do you not believe in unconditional love? And this is the response I gave, and I'll go into more detail. Because my love for someone is conditioned on if they respect me. I'm not going to love someone unconditionally because that kind of thinking allows for the person you are with to mistreat you. My love is conditioned on respect, and the person who loves me should require respect as well. 
I also don't agree with the ride or die mentality either. It's all nonsense. What this question really gets to is boundaries. Love is not just how much bull you can put up with. Everyone enters into relationships because they need something. Some people need you in a healthy way and others need you in an unhealthy way. But because we all need something, people will test each other's boundaries. Someone who loves you for real, for real, will respect your boundaries. And someone who doesn't will see you loving them unconditionally and without limitations or boundaries and use you because you've set the standard that no matter what, you will love them. Unconditional love, for me, is reserved for my God and my future children. And even the children part is hard because some children grow up to be mean and spiteful and abusive of their parents, so there's even limitations on that kind of love. I would be suspicious of any person asking for me to love them unconditionally. I don't deserve unconditional love because if I abuse that love, I should not feel entitled to it. The reason why I don't like the idea of, you know, and you see a lot of posts on Tumblr or Instagram that says, I'm looking for someone to love me unconditionally. And when I hear that, I hear, I'm a messed up person. I don't want to be held accountable for my actions. I just want people to love me. That's not fair. If you're a messed up person and someone needs space from you, they are entitled to that space. You are not entitled to that love. When I think of love, I'm not just talking about, hey, I love you as my, you know, my friend or my brother, or I'm talking about in general, any relationship, love is an action. So I not only love you in an emotional way, but I love on you, right? So I don't believe in unconditionally loving on somebody that doesn't respect my boundaries. That's what I mean. I will not love on you if you don't respect me. I will not love on you if you don't respect my boundaries. So I'm not going to walk around saying, like, if I ever told, it would be unhealthy for me to expect my boyfriend to love me unconditionally. That, okay, so I can say whatever I want, do whatever I want, treat you all kinds of way, but I want an unconditional love. No, life doesn't work that way. You're not entitled to unconditional love. The only one who unconditionally loves me is God that I'm a big mess and God will deal with me, but I shouldn't lay that on other people and feel like if people don't unconditionally love me, life is not fair. I just, I have, I have problems with this idea that people feel like they deserve unconditional love because that's not fair. Everyone's relationship should have conditions. I will be with you if you respect me. I will be with you if you communicate. I will be with you if you don't neglect me. Those are standards. Those are boundaries. When you say unconditional love, what you're saying is I'm going to love you no matter what you do. Nobody deserves that. Nobody is so powerful or important that they deserve unconditional love. It should always come with conditions. There should always be a limit that you'll deal with. You need to know what you can tolerate. The unfortunate thing is a lot of people can tolerate disrespect. I'm not that kind of person. You know, nope, no, 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 no. I cannot. I have a threshold. People make mistakes, nobody's perfect, and sometimes when you're in a relationship, you have to learn each other's boundaries. But when you have someone who's habitually crossing your line and you decide to love them anyway, that is a problem. That is a standard and a cycle that leads towards abuse. And I can't do it, and you shouldn't either. You shouldn't expect unconditional love, and you shouldn't love somebody else unconditionally. There should be conditions. It should be predicated on respect. Now, that doesn't mean that, like, if you're in a relationship 
and someone mistreats you and you break up and you still feel like you love them, that's fine. That's human. That's relatable. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to stick around for you to continue to mistreat me. I'm going to work through that love and I'm going to pray for that love to go away, to be replaced with something that's more realistic where I understand I may have loved you, but you didn't love me. That's what I'll do. But I'm not sticking around. I'm not sticking around because of this false idea of unconditional love. It's not healthy. It's not healthy to expect other people to deal with your abuse, and it's not healthy for you to put up with other people's abuse. So here we are at the end of episode 37. Thank you so much for tuning in all the way to the end. I love that you've been listening in, and I hope that you have gotten a word in season. I know for me, I've been deeply seeking God, and that means that I need to stay encouraged because sometimes you don't want to read the Bible, and sometimes you don't want to go to church, and sometimes you don't want to do the right thing, and sometimes you look around and you see what everyone else is doing, and you wonder, when is my turn? But I hope that this episode helps to keep you encouraged. I hope this episode also helps you to realize how important it is to ask for help and to allow others to support you. And also, I hope that this maybe changes your mind if you're a person that says that you want unconditional love or that you unconditionally love people. Maybe something I said today hits you in a different way. If not, you know, feel free to disagree. You can let me know in an email. Shoot me an email at strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, let me know your feedback. Let me know more of what you want to hear on this podcast, more of things that you want me to talk about. I'm open to suggestions. I have a document on my phone with about 37 different topics because I constantly am thinking about different things to talk to you guys about. So definitely make sure you subscribe on iTunes or you follow on SoundCloud because the best is yet to come. If you have questions, if you're interested in collaborating, maybe you want to be interviewed for the podcast or maybe you want to sponsor the podcast, you can send me an email at strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MSMSpodcast or on Instagram, all one word, my strength and my shield. And I'm so excited for what's coming up with the podcast. Until the next episode, take care of yourself, beloved.